0: Welcome to the No Fear podcast of First Presbyterian Church. My name is Bob Fuller, Senior Pastor of First Presbyterian Church in San Antonio, Texas, with your No Fear Word of the Day. Great to be here with you again today. Again, my name is Bob Fuller, and I'm the senior pastor of First Presbyterian Church in San Antonio, Texas. This podcast is all about courage for daily living in the midst of the COVID-19 coronavirus crisis of 2020. The Bible tells us to fear not, have courage, or be not afraid in one way or another 365 times. And we're going to check out as many of those passages as we possibly can. First, an update of some things going on around the church. I was really glad to see that yesterday so many of our Sunday school classes started meeting over Zoom. They started using the technology to our advantage, and it was fun to just sort of look over my wife's shoulders as her Sunday school class was meeting. I had just come home from working on our online streaming service, and it was great to sort of listen in and be a fly on the wall on some of the discussions that they were having. Thank you so much for using that technology, for using whether it was Zoom meeting or Facebook groups or whatever it is you're using. Thank you for for taking the initiative to make those groups happen. Well, let me mention too that as you are thinking about different ways to meet, as you're thinking about different ways to learn and study together, we have some great resources at First Presbyterian Church. First of all, one of the resources that we have is our access to Right Now Media. Right Now Media is a service uh, of which the the church is a part, is a subscription service that has all kinds of Bible studies, video lessons, podcasts, just a rich variety of resources that you can use for groups, for home and family study, or for personal study. And if you want to access Right Now Media, you can go through our First Presbyterian Church app. And if you are a covenant partner of First Presbyterian Church, you have access to all of those resources. And we hope that you'll take advantage of them. There are some great resources there. You may also understand that there is a rather large archive of sermons, Sunday school lessons, and other podcasts available from First Presbyterian Church. I want to go ahead and give a shout out for the Scripture and Song podcast that will be coming out on Mondays and Fridays from our own Mitchell Moore and Callan Brown, a beautiful, thoughtful, and inspiring podcast that just weaves together music and the Word of God in a beautiful and an encouraging way. So I want to promote that podcast. Also, if you've never gone back to listen to Mitchell Moore's Essay Stories podcast about how we interact with our mission partners and and just want to hear some uplifting things that are going on in the city, listen to Mitchell's Essay Stories podcast. What an extraordinary resource that is. You know, Our Lord is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And that means that as the Church of Jesus Christ, our witness will not end until our Lord returns. That means that we have to find ways to love one another, to love Jesus Christ, and to love the city every day, even in the midst of this corona crisis. And I just wanted to mention two events that took place over the weekend. In addition to our televised worship service, we also conducted a wedding and a funeral at the church. Now, we are living under the same restrictions and precautions as everybody else, and we are not only practicing but embracing the principles of social distancing. But there are just some pastoral situations, some family and special moment situations that that need our attention. One of those is memorial services. This past Friday, I was honored to share in the memorial service for one of our senior members of the church. This gentleman was well known in our community. He did not pass away from the coronavirus. Nevertheless, his death was a tragedy and it was important. At the same time, His life was absolutely amazing, and his family is faithful. And most of all, we could celebrate a life of a man who walked with and served and loved his Lord Jesus Christ throughout 96 years of his life. And even though the service was tiny by our standards, even though we only had about 10 people there spread out all over a sanctuary designed to seat about 600 people. It was a powerful and moving service. I know we were connected through a Facebook group to extended family and friends, but it proved to me that even in this crisis, we can come together as a church and we can just share in these important moments together. There will be a time for us to come back together in great big groups. I know that God is on his throne, and one day this will be over. But in that memorial service, it was good to be there just with that family to talk about God's promises, to talk about the words of truth, and to talk about his love. In the same way, I know that there was a wedding at our church that was live-streamed for family and friends, again, tiny by our church standards. But when we can get together and be intentional about being together in spirit as well as in person, when we can find ways to make these type of special moments happen, I think in some ways they become even more special because of the effort. It's going to be interesting as people look back on these services, uh, these weddings, these memorial services in the future, I think they're going to look back and they're going to think that was really special because even though we couldn't all be together, people made the extra effort in that moment. So now let's get to our no fear word of the day. Our passage today is Psalm 27 verses 11 through 14. It's very easy to think about the book of Psalms as simply a collection of beautiful poems, but we have to remember that in addition to being a collection of beautiful poems, this was the hymn book of the people of Israel, a resource that expressed their deepest longings and most fervent prayers in both times of celebration and in really troubled times. But it was also, the, I believe, the personal prayer journal of King David. King David, throughout his life, was a man of adventure, of tragedy, a man of life, a man of loss, a man who went through every human emotion at one point or another. He was a man who was faithful to the Lord, who was fatally flawed at times, and yet who was favored by God in such a way that God even called him a man after his own heart. Without getting into too much of the history or the detail about this psalm, you heard me say or heard me read in those first couple of verses that David is praying for protection from his enemies, from people who are out to get him, people who are lying about him. We have to remember that David was a king. He was a warrior. And when he prayed for protection from enemies, he meant it. There were people who were actually trying to kill him who were trying to assassinate him or undermine his leadership or undo the work that he had done or even sabotage the progress of the people. He had real enemies, both foreign and domestic. And so when David prays for courage, he means real, physical courage. We need to remember that because these are not just pretty words about taking courage. This is a prayer about real calamity, about real danger, and David is summoning us to find real courage. But how is he calling us to find real courage? Well, let's look at verses 13 and 14. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. I want you to notice that two times, that twice, David connects courage with waiting for God. Waiting is hard. We are a people of action. We want to move. We want to solve problems. We want to fix things. But in this passage, David is telling us to wait. That seems to go against everything we want to do. Don't just sit there. Do something. But what if God is using a time of crisis or tragedy to hit the pause button, to make us stop for a minute and look at the way we have been doing things and ask ourselves, are we doing things the right way? Are we really about our father's business or are we just trying to stay busy because we don't know what else to do? This isn't just a word for the world around us. This is a word for us as Christians, as the church, as the body of Christ. David says, wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. There are so many things that I love about San Antonio, but one of the greatest adjustments that I've had to make since moving here has been an adjustment to the climate. Before I moved here, I was used to having at least two or three snow days or ice storm days or weeks a year. You know, those days are days when snowstorms or ice storms shut everything down. They shut down the entire community, shut down the schools and the stores and the roads, and you can't go out for two or three days. No one could plan for them far in advance, and the weather itself forced everyone to press the pause button and change the pace of their lives. I believe that sometimes a snow day is God's way of saying, slow down, listen, think, and most of all, spend time with me. We want this to be over now. But maybe it's going to take the Lord some time to teach us what he wants us to learn. You may have already discovered the control on your podcast player that will allow you to play this recording at 1.5 or double speed. You know, sometimes I do that with a podcast because I want the content or the information on the podcast, but I don't want to have to sit around and listen to it for a long time. And so I run it at one and a half or double speed. But you know what? Sometimes when I do that, when I hear it, even though I'm hearing it, I don't absorb the information. It just kind of goes in one ear and out of the other. I think God wants us to slow down. Because he has some lessons that he not only wants us to hear, he wants us to absorb. Think about it this way. It's like smoking a brisket or marinating meat. Slow is better because the flavor is absorbed. The flavor doesn't just paint the outside, it penetrates. You know, I want to confess to you that even though I read a lot, I don't read much. And what I mean by that is that I'm just not a fast reader. I move very slowly through a text, often pausing and lingering over words or phrases, often backtracking and reviewing once again what I just read. And you know what? I used to be so jealous of people who could speed read and fly through a book in just a matter of hours. It used to embarrass me that I was such a slow reader until I once heard pastor and theologian John Piper say that he too was a slow reader. He once said that, I don't read any faster than I can talk. Recently, it was liberating to be reading a new book of systematic theology called The Wonderful Works of God by Hermann Bavinck, a Dutch theologian of the 19th and early 20th century. In his introduction to this book, theologian Carlton Wynne wrote this, For Bavinck, every endeavor, including the most mundane, is occasion to praise God's name. For all things are organically and intimately connected under the sovereign sway of his hand as he carries out his works of creation of redemption and consummation. In this way, the world-encompassing character of Bavinck's reformed Christian outlook is a reminder never to despise the day of small things. Zechariah 4.10 Here's the part I really like. He says... Read this book slowly. Here is a profound yet accessible work from a man who is not only attuned to his culture, but was absorbed with Christ as his gospel. Read this book slowly. Give it time to sink in. Give yourself time to absorb what God is trying to teach us in this moment. If we want to absorb the true character of Christ, we can't do that quickly. We have to marinate in it. We have to meditate on his word day and night, just like the psalmist says in the first psalm. We have to wait on the Lord, not just wait for him to tell us what we need to hear, and not just to wait for him to arrive, but wait for him to sink deep into our souls. We have to give God his time and space to work in us. Sometimes my son and I will get frustrated when we work together because he wants to get moving. He wants to stay on pace, and he'll ask me over and over again, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And finally, I just have to stop and say, I just need you to await further instructions. We are hardwired to think that if we are not moving, planning, organizing, and doing, we are not being faithful to God. It's like we're just buzzing around the Lord saying, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Maybe the Lord is telling us to await further instructions. We need this time of quarantine or sheltering in place or social distancing, whatever you want to call it. We need this time to reset some habits. Even though we will all have to find innovative ways to do our work, complete our classes, and support our families and communities as much as possible, we will regret it if we fill this time simply with new forms of busyness instead of using it as a time to reset our priorities and take stock of our own habits and relationships. A few days ago, a friend of mine, Christy Stewart, sent me a poem by Lynn Unger titled Pandemic. It goes like this. Pandemic. What if you thought of it... As the Jews consider the Sabbath, the most sacred of times. Cease from travel. Cease from buying and selling. Give up just for now on trying to make the world different than it is. Sing. Pray. Touch only those to whom you commit your life. Center down. And when your body has become still, reach out with your heart. Know that we are connected in ways that are terrifying and beautiful. Know that our lives are in one another's hands. Surely that has come clear. Do not reach out your hands. Reach out your heart. Reach out your words. Reach out all the tendrils of compassion that move invisibly where we cannot touch. Promise this world your love, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health so long as we all shall live. God is using this pandemic to get our attention. And maybe one of the ways he is doing that is by forcing us to take a snow day. He's forcing us out of our routines, out of our busyness, not just to fill our days with new busyness, but to actually wait on him. Thank you for being with us again for this No Fear podcast. Please join us for this and our other daily podcasts throughout this COVID-19 crisis at fbcsanantonio.org. Until next time, I'm Bob Fuller of First Presbyterian Church of San Antonio, Texas. Be not afraid. God is real. Jesus is alive and the Holy Spirit is with us. God loves you. He has a plan and purpose for your life. He has a position for you on his team and a place for you at his table.